Podcast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Missing the Point. My name is Joe Malgan. I'm with Rayshawn Buchanan this evening. And of course, we, as always, have our executive. Well, not as always. It's been less and less lately. But Craig, we'll talk about that when we're not recording. Our EP, Craig D'Alessandro. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, guys. Valentine's Day was this week. I uh, hope you celebrated it, whether you're single or married or not. Who knows? Whatever, you know. Or, or you didn't. And that's fine, too. Because it was just a Monday and it's a corporate holiday that's just... Uh, capitalism so anyway yep. uh if you don't know what else happened this week uh is the, the super bowl super bowl 56 it's the um championship game of the national football league here in the united states of america i know we have a lot of listeners from ireland and jamaica of all places so uh you want to make sure they know what the suit no they know what the super bowl is i'll stop mansplaining uh but ray what a game uh it was a fun night it's it's really interesting to and i'll i'll share my feelings on it as as we get into it but it was really a spectacle and and it was a lot of fun to watch i had a weird air around the game this year i I don't i don't know why it felt that way uh but we can get into that but the the playoffs leading up to the super bowl were absolutely outstanding you had the patriots get blown out by the bills you had the 49ers beat out the packers you had you know you had kind of not i don't want to call them the dark horse but you you had the cinderella story in the cincinnati Bengals, and then you have you know 36 year old sean mcveigh and his i don't want to call them a band of misfit toys but when you really look at that roster they kind of were a band of misfit toys they were pieces put together from other places uh, to attempt to win a Super Bowl, and they did just that. But, you know, leading up to the game, it was a very different era as well. They didn't arrive, the Bengals didn't arrive in L.A. on Monday or Tuesday of the week before the Super Bowl, and they didn't have their normal media availability stuff d- due to the COVID protocols and everything else. But all that said, Ray, did for you, did this game live up to its, ex- its expectations after after what we saw the rest of the playoffs? So I, I think it did to an extent. I mean, obviously, you know, the, you know, the Bills and Chiefs really set the the tone for what was going to happen in the rest of the playoffs. I think a lot of people's eyes, that was the Super Bowl, honestly, uh, because it was such a back and forth, especially towards the end of that game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see your point about it being kind of a different air. 
think maybe it's kind of like the LA feel. Like LA is really not a football town. It's, it's really not. A, it's really not a sports town really outside the Dodgers. To be asking me, um, I know the LA Kings have won a couple of championships in the last decade, but they're not really you know the best sports town in, in my opinion. They just happen to be um, a big market. But yeah, before as far as the game went, I, I think it went. I think it went fine. You know, I was excited to see Joe Burrow. You know, those that have listened to the show in the past uh, know that I have been a Matthew Stafford supporter. Uh, you know, since the inception of this show, so I was happy to see him get one. So. Yeah, so I mean, for me, like I, I was, I was pleased with it, but I also know that it did live up to the hype of, of what we saw, you know, with Kansas City against Buffalo, or even even the Rams against Tampa Bay. Right? It was just there was just a lot of different drama uh, that happened that we didn't really see. Most Sunday it wasn't being a close game, but nevertheless, it was still a great game. Yeah, it was. It was such a, a strange, you know, when you get a team like the the Bengals in the Super Bowl, uh, it was like the year when like Pittsburgh played Seattle. Seattle really hadn't come on yet that was kind of the first time they reached the big stage with with the the coaching staff and the quarterback that they still have today and you know even the Colts and the Bears Super Bowl of 2006 uh you know that that Super Bowl was kind of a a a strange one in the fact that you know how did the Bears get there we kind of figured Peyton Manning would get there and we kind of said the same thing that year too. And and I believe we probably said it if we were on the air on the radio, which we that may have been a little before our time, but mm-hmm. that was kind of the that the Super Bowl that year was the AFC championship between the Patriots and the Colts. That was kind of how it was it was looked at. And I think you're right. I think in a lot of ways that the big game was the Bills and Chiefs. And then the other big game was Tom Brady against Sean McVay again after the, you know, they met in the Super Bowl a few years ago. So when they got to the Super Bowl, it was, all right, the Rams are here. And then there's a Cinderella story with the Bengals, And they played that up. They, they used Joe Burrow as they should kind of Joe cool, uh, used him as, as the launching point for a lot of their conversations. And I thought that was great. NBC did a great job of of pushing this game, uh, especially with the Olympics going on at the same time. Uh, yeah. They did a they did a really nice job of pushing this game and 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 really m- making us known that it was it was happening because you know it, it wasn't the same coverage that we normally get. I I enjoyed it honestly. I think it did live up to the hype. I thought it was an outstanding football game. I thought it was well played on both sides. You got exactly what you expected from Matt Stafford. You got a almost what you expected from Joe Burrow. We don't really know what we're going to get from Joe Burrow, right? Like this year was essentially his rookie year because he was, he got hurt last season, but you know, I just, I, I had Zach Taylor out the door last year on this podcast. I had him as on the hot seat and for him to now have coached in a Super Bowl, I, I think is, I think it's amazing. And I, I think that he, what he has done with that team, what his coaching staff has done with, from what we hear out of the, out of the NFL in Cincinnati is that you know they're an under appreciated team even by the owners they don't have the same facilities they're the only team in the league i i might be mistaken but i know that they're if not the only one of very few teams in the league that don't have an indoor facility uh and they do a lot of practices at the University of Cincinnati for that reason so you know they they're kind of underappreciated in that way but for them to to do what they did and to get to where they did with the roster that they have a very young roster, whether it's the coaching roster or the playing roster. But for the Rams, man, I mean, this is a good segue uh, into our into our next question. But the Rams, as I said, the misfit toys, Ray. You know, you you got uh, you got Matt Stafford in his thirteenth year in the league. You have Aaron Donald in his eighth year in the league, who's been pushing towards this his entire career, and this was his second Super Bowl. Cooper Cup, who is 
he's the best. He's the best receiver in the NFL right now. I, I think Jamar Chase is up there, but Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the National Football League. And then you know you have Odell Beckham Jr. Who, who got there and caught a touchdown pass, caught the first one on the Super Bowl. A lot of people made a lot of money off of that. Yeah, you got you got Whitworth, the, the left tackle there, who's 40 years old. He's he's the oldest player in the league right now at 40 years old since Tom Brady retired uh, shortly before the Super Bowl. So you got a, you got a group of guys that have, uh, sorry, but can't forget about Von Miller. You got a group of guys that have been chasing rings, and Von Miller does have one. He got one with Denver and Peyton Manning in 2015. Uh, but you got guys that have been chasing rings their entire career, and they finally got it. And Ray, speaking of Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald, what does this do for for their careers? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with Stafford. I think that he he goes. I think he was kind of like in that Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer kind of category. Even though he had the one more draft, like he was maybe looked at as those type of quarterbacks. But that, I think that puts I think it puts him a, a step above that now. You know, I, I to me, listen, I, I he was awesome early on in the season. I thought he was an early MVP favorite. He, he, you could clearly see that he was one of the difference makers of why they were, you know, dominating the way they were dominating. You know, and I, I disagree because I, I got a message from a friend of mine saying, man, you know, it was kind of like plug and play. Like, you know, golf, you know, golf got them there, there too. I said, yeah, golf got them there didn't score a touchdown. Like <laughs> the man scored three points. So, and I know, you know, I know Tommy Curran, you know, who, you know, had mentioned that, uh, you know, Sean McVay only generating, I think at the time, like 19 points between two Super Bowls is not the greatest thing, but it's like, yo, the the emphasis or the key or the emphasis is, is to win the game. And that's what happened. But, you know, as far as Stafford goes, like, you know, he, he had his, he had his lumps and, you know, you had his moments where you're like, okay, here we go. Like he's, 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 he's reverting back to, to Detroit, uh, Matt Stafford, but you know, he, 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 he got it done and I don't think he's a hall of famer just yet still, but I know that's, that's the question that's going to be posed. I know it's been on the full letter network and other, you know, media outlets, you know, just to create content throughout the week as we're doing right now ourselves. But yeah, I, I think like he's very, very well on his way to the hall of fame career. I think he's very, he's close to 50,000 yards. You know, he'll, he'll easily get to 60 before he's done. And my opinion, he's only 33 years old. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, very happy with him. As far as Aaron Donald goes, this, this dude is in the LT, Reggie White, you know, uh, what's the guy played actually on the ramp, Diggin, Diggin, Diggin Jones. Yeah. Diggin yep. Jones. Diggin Jones. He, he's, he's in this category. He's in that category. <laughs> like this, this guy, <laughs> like this guy came off the womb, uh, just, just a football player. It is, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he's, he's top five defensively like period regardless regardless of error regardless of position like it's just i've never seen someone dominate the man like you say he's been in the league for eight years the man has been all pro not a pro bowler all pro <laughs> for seven years in a row and all pro not not someone who went to the all-star game which is cool but that, that's to me the, the pro bowl is, is the biggest joke of all especially when now you're playing touch football man you can get out there and get a couple of passes you know, we're, we're Craig, me and Craig protecting y'all, but uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's it's just like it's it's, it's a joke. But you no, know, for him to be, I think considered in that LT conversation now, he now he 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 will be, should be now that he he got one of his own. I think they'll be back at some point. I, I don't necessarily mean it'll be next year, but I definitely think they'll be back. And this this solidifies his career. And now, um, he easily would have been a hall of like he's going to be first ballot hall of fame. Oh, but, without a doubt, you know. But this 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 put this puts him. To me in that LT, Reggie White puts him in that category. So 
you know, and actually, I, I mean, I, I did, we didn't speak about this on, in our in our in our pre-show meeting, but listen, even for Vaughn Miller too, man. Like I know he he's had his injuries and stuff, but you know, for him to be a number two pick, I think in twenty eleven, if I'm not mistaken, you know, out of Texas A and M, and you know, he does what he does in Denver. You know, they they basically have a defensive clinic against Cam Newton in twenty sixteen. And Super Bowl 50, um, for him to kind of bookend his career, so to speak, you know, I know he's probably going to keep playing, but for him to get a second ring to his legacy, um, he's also another Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey has, has, has done a lot for him. So, yeah, like that, that, that whole that whole team, man, they had, like, like you said, the misfit toys. They, they found a way to get it done. Came from other places. You know, Vaughn, Vaughn Miller should be tweeting today. <laughs> I woke up 4-4, four four, woke up 7-1. I woke up. I woke up today, a world champion. So that, that that's what you should say. And I'm, I'm I'm happy for them. Um, hope to meet them next year. <laughs> if I, if I, if the, the competitor in me, you know, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy for them now. But I, I will, I will, I will love to be wearing a number ten jersey. You know, watching your videos from the Super Bowl in Arizona next year. Yeah, right. I would love Arizona next year. That'd be great. I probably drag my wife with me since she's from there. Yeah. Well, on, on right, exactly. I mean, what's really interesting. Exactly. You know, we grew up at the tail end of, of Reggie White's career, you know, and uh, we, we saw a lot of these defensive linemen. Uh, we, we never, I never, none of us are old enough to have seen LT play. I, I don't think so. I don't think he played into the nineties. No, just, just, just Craig. Yeah. Just Craig. Yeah. Right. Oh, nuts. <laughs> Actually Bobby. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> oh, well, like we didn't get to really see these guys play, but you hear the lore. And, and that's what's so interesting about hearing the lore of these guys. And I, I think what, what really helped those guys' careers is that social media wasn't around. And I'm not saying that they weren't good. And I, I don't want to give out that impression. But social media wasn't around. You couldn't follow these guys' every move, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, one thing we like to do on this show especially is look at what a guy's character is off the field. And as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Donald is a model citizen, and he's an absolute animal on the football field. And if it weren't for Cooper Cup catching that second touchdown pass, Aaron Donald's the MVP of that Super Bowl. You know, he is the defensive MVP of that Super Bowl. And, and I, I don't know if that, what that would mean to him or if that means anything. He got a ring that's great. But that guy, when, when that team needed him most, he put the team on his back and made two huge plays at the end of that football game to, to secure a win for them. And he did it all game long. He was just a presence. And, you know, some people will say, well, the, the Bengals offensive line is bad. And it doesn't matter. They're NFL players. They're getting paid NFL salaries. You know, that's on the coaching staff and, and the general manager. If, if that line right. in front of your second year quarterback who had a, a knee injury last year isn't good enough. Like, that's a problem to me. Joe, Joe Burrow was the most sacked player in the NFL this year. And he made mm-hmm. it to a Super Bowl. Uh, f- first one in the Super Bowl era. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty wild. On, on the Matt Stafford stuff, I vehemently disagree it's the second time i've heard that opinion this week that he's in the same uh level as as dilfer and and johnson and the reason why i disagree with that is because even though he played 12 years in detroit and it didn't go well he played 12 years in detroit and still put up numbers like his name came up in mvp conversations before like he you know you know what i mean like trent dilfer and brad johnson their names never came up in those conversations. They they won championships because of the teams built around them. When you think of some of the greatest defenses of all time in the NFL, sure, you think of the Purple People Eaters, you think of the uh, the '86 Giants, you think of you think of the uh, the the 2015 
so, sorry, Denver Broncos, the Denver's Craig almost, almost screwed that one up. Right. right. <laughs> think of the 2000 Ravens, you think of the 2001 Buccaneers, like those are the teams that you think of. So that's what those teams had going for them. Now, did Matt Stafford have a great defense around him? Absolutely. Right. Look, look at his numbers on the season. Granted, he had 17 interceptions. He's the first quarterback to lead the league. Second, first quarterback since Eli Manning in 2007 to lead the league in inter- interceptions and go to a Super Bowl and win. Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty impressive stat. And a lot of that goes to the team that he had around him that was around him. And it, they, they created, and as much as I cannot stand Stan Kroenke, he allowed his general manager and his head coach to go out and build a team. And that's what they did. And, and Matt Stafford may not have been the key piece. And I think that that's why we can look at it and say, you know, maybe Jared Goff could have won with this roster because he almost won with the last roster that they got there with against the Patriots. But I think if Matt Stafford's the quarterback of that Rams team against the Patriots a few years ago, that game might have gone a different way. Yep, I, 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 it's funny. It's, it's almost it's almost like we've done a show together before because you you <laughs> you're, you're you're in my head. I, I was yeah. Thank 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 God. Thank God it was Jared Goff back there that threw a pick to Stephon Gilmore, and not not that he couldn't have picked off uh, Matthew Stafford, but sure. you know also Cooper Cup didn't play in that game either. I'd forgot about that that yep. that uh, that's him. But so yeah, so <laughs> yeah, whoo. <laughs> They, they, thank you. Thank you, football gods. Even though, you know, we all know they shouldn't have been there because there was a passive defense. <laughs> but, you know, that's a whole other conversation for today. But, right. yeah, uh, maybe that was just calm right that calm right that moment. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, also, too, I see another uh, another tweet that I thought was was uh, was relevant to this conversation. Man, uh, Dante Skarnecchia deserves... He, he, he Put him in Hall of Fame right now. Because the fact that you did that type of job because Aaron Donald, that he didn't really get to Brady like that a few years ago when they played. And once again, he he, he was still a beast. He was a few years younger, whatever he wanted. That boy Trent Brown was, <laughs> you know, when he used, when he was 6'6", 375, you know, he, he was motivated that time. He wasn't like that this year, but he was motivated a few years ago that he, he was he, he was special. So, you know, Dante, Dante uh, Skarnecchia deserves a, a lot of credit for the game plan against Aaron Donald. Obviously, you know, you you, ha- you have to game plan for guys like him because if yeah. not, he's going to be super uh, d- disruptive. So yeah, you know we can only hope that you know Christian Barmore becomes a Walmart version of Aaron Donald. If he does, take it. If he becomes half the player in Barmore, yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. Walmart. Yeah, because if he becomes Walmart, Aaron Donald, you know, will will be in Arizona next year. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably believe that. I think he had a hell of a rookie year. You know. Or you know we can we can draft maybe uh, Donald you know he he just played the national championship game you know uh, Jordan Davis please I I, I listen I, I want everyone knows I want John Mechie I, I have I have made that proclamation several times on the show if we can get Jordan Davis in the middle of this lineup and get and get some faster linebackers and you know another corner I I, I like our chances for next year but yeah but like I said needless to say like I said, we we'll back to the Super Bowl but. Yeah, I, like I said, they, those guys were, were were phenomenal. So you know, look, look we can move on. <laughs> and so, and, and I want to stay kind of on this because a, a lot of people had a lot to say about the last two minutes of the game, the referees throwing the flags. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I got a little wound up about that holding call against uh, the Bengals as well. Mm-hmm. There had only been four flags before that, one of which was an an, an ununiformed player for the Bengals coming onto the field during their first touchdown, which really only affected the kickoff. And Ron, Ron Torbert 
was the guy for this game. He's very composed. He's one of my favorite NFL referees. He's composed. He knows the game. And I know that that's not his crew, which is a lot of the reason why there was a lot of talking after a lot of the, the you know, they, they kind of just bring the best of the best into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the officials did a fine job. 50, you know, with, with I thought that that call at the end was bogus. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think that the, he should have swallowed his whistle and called it off. I don't think that the fix was in. This was something that I've been seeing on Twitter. Twitter's just yeah, uh, uh, yes. the fix yeah. was in and this and that. And it's like, you know, I mean, maybe sure. Like you want to say, oh, they wanted to get Stafford his ring and Joe Burrow will be back. Or they wanted to get these guys their ring and blah, blah. And it's like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is not like. Uh, a best friend of the NFL office in New York city. So right. I just, I can't, it's, it's not fit. And you know what? I don't know what ruined this for sports. If it was, uh, you know, social media or if it was the, the, the Donahue thing in the NBA, what was that? That's 10, 12 years ago now. Like, I, I don't know what ruined this for people. And now people are like, Oh, it's fixed. It's rigged. Well, then don't watch. Don't don't watch. If you honestly believe it's like the WWE, don't watch. But when you you can't, there's no way to get something that's moving that fast with that many people involved to rig it. It's just not possible. It's just, it's just not a possible thing. And maybe I'm not even saying that. And and somebody can can come back and leave a review and tell me I'm I'm smoking some good stuff if I believe that. But I I don't. It's not rigged. It, it can't be rigged. And I'm not saying that like a question. I'm, I'm saying that as a statement. It's not rigged. And yeah. they, they made a call. They made a call in the moment. And you know what? They're human. And that's what people, this is why there's shortages for the, here I go on a tangent. This is why there's shortages for referees and officials in college, high school, and youth athletics, because parents and fans get all over these officials for making a call. They're human. And they're like, well, it's their job, blah, blah, blah. You've never made a mistake at your job. No, you didn't know that. No, no mistake. Why? Because you're not on TV, so we don't have to point out the mistakes. Shut your mouth right. and watch the game, or don't. That I mean, you know, it's just, just don't do it. We we want our kids, and we want our and we our kids to play sports, and we want our family to to play sports and be a part of this, and we love watching sports on TV. And then we hear of people, you know, people going on the field and starting fights, and referees in the NFL, the NBA. Uh, getting death threats and it's like guys it, they're human they're they're gonna make a call they're gonna make a mistake and sometimes it, it might affect the outcome of the game but just like the ball going through bill buckner's legs in 1986 world series against the new york mets it wasn't the deciding game it wasn't the deciding play stop them on the next one stop them you you want the Bengals to win stop them on the next play and and they didn't and they couldn't and the Rams took advantage of a mistake by the officials and, and that's just the way it goes. And, and they deserved, they deserved to win it. Both of those teams deserve to win the Super Bowl. They both played a solid football game on both sides of the football. And it was so well coached. It, it was just, it was so much fun to watch. And, and I, and just for people to want to ruin it by saying it's rigged is just heinous. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, listen, I, I give, I said, I want to clap to hard on a mic but that 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 was i'll give a golf clap like like we're on the 18th hole the massive like that that was yeah can i i, I mean I, I don't have much to add to that but i echo every you know freaking sentiment man like it's it's, it's crazy i got so many texts after that uh that cheese bills games like man like like how do you go from you know 
you know, uh, you know, you gotta go back and forth and then you just score those points to that and that much time. It's like, yo, these teams are really good, bro. Like Gabe, Gabe Davis was out here having what I call a mixtape session. Boys was out here spinning around, like it was a laundry cycle, it was out of control. That that man did whatever he wanted. So it's it, it happens. These guys, these guys are professionals. Professional athlete. Yeah, but they're world class athletes. Yeah, like, he's, he's perfecting his craft. Imagine that. But yeah, I listen to your point about what whether it was Tim Donnie, it, it definitely was. It was Donnie, he is a mix of social media. Also, too, stop stop gambling. Stop gambling. You know, you you're you're mad because you had a plus twenty two hundred up off a off a fifty dollar bet. Okay, I, I feel you. But at the end of the day, you just lost fifty dollars. Okay, all right, cool. Hey, like you lost five thousand, ten thousand now. I I I'd have been crying too. I, if I lost ten racks. I just say, hey, you know what the fix was saying? <laughs> Damn it, this is a problem. I, I I get you. Um, but yeah, like you said, to your point, yo, don't don't watch, bro. Don't watch. Don't make all these statements about how this is it's just like it it, it it makes no sense to me. Um, you know, now with with this certain things were certain things like obvious, sure. Um, was that a face mask against Jay, on Jalen Ramsey? Absolutely. Yeah. Did Jalen Ramsey get torched the whole game? Absolutely. <laughs> so no be with me. Oh, well, Jalen, no. It, it, was it a makeup call? Maybe it could have been. It could have been. I, it, it could have been that because they, they. I think they noticed. Well, damn, we 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 didn't miss one. I hated it was at that time of the game. <laughs> you know. Well, they're gonna go back and they're gonna watch this as a as a as a, as a crew and as referees. Mm-hmm. They are evaluated. Every it's not like these guys just do the games and then it's never heard of again. People watch these. They evaluate. They look at. They they look at what the crews do. Uh, well, who was the the crew earlier in the playoffs that it was basically said they weren't going to get to do another playoff game because of their poor performance? You know, I think it was the the, Ra- the Raiders Bengals game. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and, and that's just the way it is, and that's what they do. They go back and look, so they're going to look at the Super yeah. Bowl and say, "Hey, maybe we missed one here, maybe we missed one there." And it's it's a learning experience for these people. It's just like it's just it's just like these athletes making mistakes. And not executing on plays, man. It, it just happens. And yeah, they're going to score points in that short amount of time. Those are two of the best offenses in the NFL and that the NFL's ever seen. It's just, it's just the way sports go. But you're right about the betting thing, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. Because if you're not betting on the game, you don't care as much. And if you're, if you're pissed that you lost ten thousand dollars, well, it's, it's not, it's not the officials' fault. It's not Cooper Cup's fault. It's not the the linebacker from the Bengals' fault. It's your fault for putting ten grand down on the game. Don't blame other people for your shortcomings. Like right. The, right. I, I don't go to the casino with ten thousand dollars and then lose it all and come home and like that's all that's all my money. Like not not whether it is or it isn't. That's not the point. It's just the ten thousand dollars. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd be divorced in two seconds. Like stop, stop, stop spending all your money on this crap. I mean, listen. I'm a big proponent of, of legalized gambling, legalized marijuana. Love it. Let's do it. Good, good way. You, you want to get more money, more tax money, more revenue. Great. But let's start putting it where it's supposed to go. That's a different podcast. Uh, but, but at the same time, like if you want it, you got to be responsible. And that, and, and so many times I'm watching games or, or fantasy football with people and they're like, oh, what the hell? What WTF? And it, he couldn't do this. And they took him off the field. And it's like, yeah, because they don't care about your fantasy team. They're, 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 they're just out doing their job, man. Like, just, uh, I've gone on this rant so many times, but these people, it's their profession. It's their job. It's, it's, no, I don't know, but it's their job. It's, it's their livelihood. It's what they do for work. It is work. It's work. When I come home from work, I don't sit there and think, you know, this was another thing that, that somebody brought up, but, and I saw this video on, um, TikTok of this guy 
uh, and he he uh, clipped Joe Burrow was out at a bar and Kid Cudi was performing and he was up on stage with Kid Cudi and this guy's you just lost the Super Bowl and the, he doesn't give a shit that he just lost the Super Bowl I'm sorry I have to say it that way I mean he cares he he cares that he just lost the Super Bowl that's a big deal to him but what is he supposed to do go sit in his hotel room and sulk all night I I don't come home and sit on the couch and and think about all the mistakes I made all day. I don't think about my triumphs and sit there and like, get over it, man. It's these guys at work. Just let, let them, let them live their lives. You watch them. And then when it's done, get over it. That That's the way I feel. But let's keep talking about the Super Bowl. So, right. <laughs> I love it. This is going to fire it up. I love it. This is great. Next year, the NFL is going to look very different. We're going to have, uh, we're going to have no Tom Brady for the first time since the 2001 season. We're going to have no Ben Roethlisberger for the first time since the 2005. Yeah, so, so four, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was he part of that man thing? Oh, yeah, he was. He was part of that. Yeah. He like, uh, no Ben Roethlisberger since 2000, uh, for the first time since 2004. We're, we're going to see new coaches and new places, new quarterbacks in new places. You know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, we're going to see a lot of the landscape of the NFL change this offseason, maybe more than we've seen a change in the last five, 10 years. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are obviously an up-and-coming team. Uh, Craig, you just cockeyed. Why? Because I'm saying the landscape is going to look different than the last five years. Why? Because Tom Brady left the New England Patriots two years ago. You think that was the entire landscape? There's more to the NFL than just Tom Brady. I'm all fine. Uh, I was looking at Mac Jones' girlfriend feeding him cookies. Oh, they're adorable, by the way. They are adorable. They they are adorable. He He... I... Seeing pictures of him with his girlfriend makes me like him even more because I feel like he's just a cool dude and he's like really good to her. And that makes me like him even more. So get the out here, dog. Just marry her yeah. and just keep getting better for the Patriots. And yeah, just, just marry her right now, bro. Yeah, hey, listen, there, that's what I did. I just knew I was never, ever, ever going to find anything better than my wife. So I married her. Good answer. Good answer, baby. <laughs> There's no greater love than playing Fortnite. Having your girlfriend bring you chocolate chip cookies. All right, I might, I might need to trade him for like, what is this, the nineteen fifty seven Angels? Uh, so, so, but right, the, the landscape of the NFL is going to change. I'm, um, and you know what, the the Rams and the Bengals. I mean, I guess the Bengals especially because they're the younger team with the younger coaching staff. Are we going to see them back in the playoffs, making this kind of a push next year, or do we think the landscape of the AFC is going to change enough that it's going to be more difficult to get there? So I I think it'll still be more difficult. Like they'll they'll make the playoffs. I think that Burrow's confidence is through the roof, regardless of what what goes down. Obviously, like like I say, he's mad that he lost Super Bowl. Chase is upset. You know, Boyd Higgins, like you know, Uzoma, like they they're all mad that they lost. Obviously, so I, I'm sure they'll be driven all off season by this this loss and how close they were and what plays they could have made and you know just you know how they played as a unit <clears throat> when it mattered most. Um, so yeah, like they'll 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 be around. I think that, you know, the AFC North is always going to be competitive as long as Mike Tomlin's coach in Pittsburgh, regardless of what you feel about his coaching philosophies. Like, the boys, they, they just find a way to, to, to win games. Never had a, a record below 500. Right, exactly. I still think Lamar is, 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 is still a problem when, he, when he's on. You know, and like I said, I, I'll, I'll keep saying this, so I'm blue in the face. The man got hurt and they didn't win another game the rest of the year, just saying. So whether you thought Tyler Huntley was better or not, and he, he was really good. Um, but Lamar's Lamar, he was he was fun to watch. Yeah, you know, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. He he de- he, de- he definitely was fun um to watch. But 
you know, he, he ain't number eight. He's not a new era. He, he's not him. Yeah, they'll, they'll be around. But yeah, as far as the landscape goes, I mean, listen, you still got, you know, you got Mahomes, you got Herbert, um, you got Josh Allen. I do think Mac will be in that category eventually. I really do. Um, it's just a matter of, I don't know how much progression is going to look in year two. I think it's, he's going to be a lot better. Um, but he, he's still a tier below those guys uh, right now. And that's okay. Um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely coming. I think he's in the best situation you know, to, to get to that, to, to get into that, into that next level. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's been people that thought that Joe would be right back next year. And I'm just like, well, you know, there was a guy that came out of the university of Pittsburgh in 1983, which was another famous quarterback draft, you know, was him and Elway. Uh, makes a little bowl in the second year, throwing 48 touchdowns, you know, throwing all over the park a lot. And, you know, they lose to San Francisco, you know, this guy named Joe Montana, you know, and he never, touch the Super Bowl again. It's not a foregone conclusion to get back there. What we witnessed in 20 years is, a, is an anomaly. And I got to give credit to my guy Ricky for that line. He said earlier, like, that <laughs> it is an anomaly what we saw in New England for 20 years. Not yeah. getting there not eight, nine, ten times. Half his career, the man was in the Super Bowl. So every other year, you damn near there. Like, that's not, that's not normal, ladies and gentlemen. It's not normal. I want you to know that. Uh, you'd be lucky to get to two or three. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said, Mahomes already been to two. You know, sorry, Craig, but that's just that's just facts. Um, obviously, Peyton Manning went to four. Went to four. No, yeah, he went to four. Yeah, one, two, lost two. Yeah, so you know, so it's just like it's 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 hard to get there. But unless you're at that at that elite elite level, um, a lot of things have to break right for you to get to that to that level. So, but like far as that far as landscape goes, I just think that you know. Um, the AFC is going to be tough for years to come. And if things don't break right for you a certain year, it just, that's what it is. Like, it just going to see who's, who's the cream of the crop. Um, in the words of Randy Savage. So, you know, who, who's the cream of the crop and we got to see who's, uh, who's going to come out top dog when, when it matters most. But yeah, I'm excited. Like the next decade is going to be super fun. And there's always going to be someone that you didn't envision being, in that conversation that comes out of nowhere. And, you know, so I'm excited to see if that happens in the AFC, if it happens in, you know, the, the NFC, because obviously, you know, you got Dak, you got Tyler, you know, so who else up that, that NFC is going to emerge as, you know, an, another quarterback that's going to be really good. So we'll see. But either way, football's in good hands. You know, even if legends are leaving, uh, the NFL creates a new star every year. Hell, they create a new star every week, uh, just about. So they'll, they'll be in good hands uh, for years to come, thankfully. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that the Bengals have going for them uh, is the fact that next year, I, I think the Ravens are going to be a little pissed off about their season this year. I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. I think they're really going to push for that NFC North title. The Browns are not moving in the right direction again. And the 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 Steelers, while I agree with you about Mike Tomlin, I, they're now in a rebuild. They are automatically in a rebuild. They do not have the next guy uh, behind Ben, they're going to have to draft or trade, which I think that's a great opportunity for Pittsburgh to go out and get a guy. I mean, we, there's a guy right now in Indianapolis that apparently they're either going to trade or cut in Carson Wentz. I mean, we could see Carson Wentz go to Pittsburgh. We could see Russell Wilson go to Pittsburgh. We could, I mean, we, we're, I'm high on, I'm high on Wentz. I think Wentz is better than people give him credit for, but the fact that the, this, this makes me a little upset at, at GM in Indy. Because I think the best thing for Carson Wentz is to play under Frank Reich 
and for them to want to get rid of them. I don't know if it is Frank Reich that wants to get rid of them or if it is just it's, pure yeah, it's, it's, it's peer pressure for sure. It's peer pressure. Oh, but, yeah, but but he would be a. I think Pittsburgh, and I didn't think of until right now. I think Pittsburgh would be a great spot for Carson Wentz. Oh, I I oh please please I I because I have some Philly fans that you know I can't stand to that what happened. Well, even before the 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 the, uh, the Philly special, but oh my God, please please let that happen. And we're not great. And go for like 35 touchdowns, like seven picks. Please, please let that happen. Because like I said, they, they have a wide receiver core there and they got a running game there in Najee Harris. Like, please, please, please <laughs> let that happen. Train him, train him to Pittsburgh, please. If Pittsburgh isn't on the phone with Indy, because Indy will give him up, they'll, they'll give him up for a bag of balls. Right. They're, they're talking about him right now. So great. And and so I, another, I know that that's the division, but another guy that's been a trade rumor is allegedly the Washington Commanders. Um, I like their new name. I know a lot of people don't, but I will say it on the podcast because I haven't had that opportunity. I like the new name. It makes for where they are in D.C. I think they missed a huge opportunity not calling themselves the Sentinels. I think there might have been a reason why. They couldn't. I, I, I like the brigade, though. I think we talked about it off there. Like, I, I think the brigade would have been really dope. And brigade here comes been... the brigade. Like, I, 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 oh, I just, I just love it. I, I mean, you know that the brigade's gonna, the, the brigade's gonna be the name of their, their fan, like their fan base. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna be the, the hogs anymore. It's gonna be the brigade. They'll, they'll probably still have the hogs. Craig, don't forget there was that guy in Maryland who trademarked pretty much every single possible name you could feasibly name Washington so it took them so long to come yeah, up there's with no way he didn't get commanders I mean if, if he didn't get commanders he might have seemed pretty smart but that's kind of dumb if you don't go out and get commanders I mean you're in Washington DC with the president who's the commander in chief and that's just it, it makes sense I, I like I like what they did I, I thought it was a good move for them but they're apparently saying there's been a leak that they could justify trading the 11th overall pick to San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo no way. That's in the no news. way. No, the it, news. listen, listen, listen. We, we've been Jimmy G supporters, but I listen, man. No, I'm not trading number do 11. It. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm sorry. I'll give you a third. Man, no, I, yeah, I, they got third or fourth. Cool. That's the 11th pick. Cut it yeah. out. Cut it out. Go, I, go I, get Spencer Rattler. Go get some. Go, cut it out. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do it. Please don't. Well, I, you know what? But see, here's the other problem I have. And now, now I know we're going off on a quarterback tangent. Why? Why isn't Taylor Heineke good enough to to play quarterback for the Washington Commanders? I think he's good enough. I don't know. I, I mean, you know what? To me, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick two point oh though. Yeah, but he's not as cool. Number one, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Number two, I I think I think he can quarterback that team, and and we've seen we've seen that Ron Rivera can coach a, a team, can coach that team, and they can do pretty well. They they're not a bad football team. Ha. Huh? And they're not even the football team anymore. But I think Taylor Heineke would be would be a, a great, not great, but he'd be a good. Hey, don't give up the eleventh pick for Jimmy Garoppolo when you. Yeah, have, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Once again, third, 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 third through fifth. Give give him a day three pick for for that guy. Don't, don't cut it out. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Dan Dan yeah. Schneider already needs to be pushed off of a short pier. But anyway, so, so I I agree with you on Joe Burrow. I don't think they get back next year. I. I want to wait to see if he's Dan Marino 2.0 instead of Joe Cool 3.0. Like, let's wait and see. I, there is a good possibility that the Bengals ruin him. There's a good possibility, but I mean, next year I think I, I, I think Her, I think Herbert is actually Marino, not Burrow. I think that's Herbert. I I think Herbert could be Philip Rivers 2.0, where he's just really good his entire career and then just doesn't ever get there. I I, I think so. That, so 
so so Dan Fouts student. Let's just yeah, let's Dan Fouts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, that's disrespect. I'm sorry. I'm starting the game. My bad. Dan Fouts didn't make the Super Bowl, I believe. I think. The Chargers went to a Super Bowl during, I think they went to a no, Super Bowl. No, they lost to the Bengals at 81. I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. So here's that Fouts. Never mind. I stand corrected. I was right. <laughs> I was right. They lost you to the Bengals. corrected yourself and you were right. I corrected myself. No, I was right. Good job. Otis Anderson. Otis Anderson. <laughs> so, so before we get on, on to next year, Ray, the Super Bowl halftime show was was nostalgia for for the entire MTP crew. Uh, it was our childhood on one stage, basically, uh, which was amazing. I was giddy the whole time. Uh, what did what did you how, how did you feel about the performance? And what did you think? So my my that was if not my favorite one is definitely in the top two or three for sure. I felt that we were cheated. I thought we should have gotten at least 25 minutes, but you know, it felt like it was like 15 or maybe I think it was 15. So I'm like, it should have been a lot longer. I did not know that Dr. Drake can play the piano. I was like, he freaked that shit. I'm like, that shit was awesome. Kendrick Lamar was awesome. I didn't expect him to dance that much, but listen, his song, all right, still gets played. Um, It gets played in my classroom <laughs> to my kids. So my kids, if you hear this, you know, I shout out, you know, I play Kendrick Lamar. You know that that is, that is my guy. Um, love Mary J. Blige. I didn't love the no more drama being played there, but maybe that was just her trying to send a message. If that's the case, then I'm I'm with you, Mary. But um, as the fan of yours, Mary, I was I wanted to hear real love. I wanted to hear just fine. I wanted to hear I can love you. There's a whole bunch of stuff I could hear from Mary that I was like I was I was ready for that that and again. Um, but the the best thing of the day is that fifty cent has turned into a dollar fifty. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, um, and listen, I can fact shame because I'm 350 pounds myself. So it's okay. It's whatever. Um, it, it was, it was unbelievable how much he grew. You know, I mean, Hey, I know 50, your pockets grew too big dog. I know. I feel you. The pockets got fatter and so did you. That, that was, that was, that was amazing. Wasn't he broke like five years ago? Yeah. And then shout out to power. <laughs> power changes. Like, I mean, the man got three top shows on, on TV, right? I think full. I think it started with him when he did that boxing movie of Jake Gyllenhaal a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I mean, listen, he let me. He got around Floyd, um, and I'm pretty sure that you know, regardless of what you think of Floyd outside the ring, um, the man's a marketing genius. So you know, he definitely learned from, uh, from Floyd about how to how to remarket yourself and rebrand yourself, and that's what he did. The man has been, uh, nothing. He's been nothing but money, literally and figuratively, since uh, since since 2015, 2016. So more power to him. But yeah, I loved it. I felt like Eminem's part was too short, but it had the most impact. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Facts. Facts. And I'm glad that you I'm glad that you highlighted that on that TikTok. Because when it page. happened, and I'm talking about the kneeling, I was like, all right, he's taking a knee, whatever. I didn't realize until right. afterwards the NFL was like, Don't do it. Don't you do it. And he was like, I'm doing it. Yeah, okay. Right. Guys, I'm not getting paid for this, so shove it. Even if you was like it's listen, Eminem is one of the most influential artists we've had ever. Well, I mean, three three of those guys on there are, are three of the most influential. I mean, Snoop Dogg is literally a generation. Dr. Dre is one of the best producers of all time. Right. And Eminem is is one of the best things ever to come out of Detroit. I mean, he's so I, I was I was shocked because you know he's he's been refined. <laughs> um, me Snoop Dogg. I was shocked that he came out in a whole crip uniform. I was like, oh, this is this is a little different. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, I mean, I I, I I know I told you this off the air, Craig, but whatever. I'm going to give you the flowers on here. Um, I thought that was a beautiful video to put together because it's accurate when the door dash is coming already like that. That Dude. is dope. Like doing a crib art, phenomenal, phenomenal. 
People were upset. Fuck them, but they was upset. <laughs> go, go, go check out our TikTok if you haven't had MTP show because it. Oh yeah, for sure. Show notes. MTP pod. I'm sorry, MTP pod on TikTok. At MTP. I made that TikTok just as like a DoorDash meme, and it ended up just exploding. And I didn't watch it. I didn't like the halftime show. Why these guys out there? I was like, what are you doing? This is a DoorDash or Grubhub just like a meme. What are you doing? Oh, that's what I'm saying. But, you, you, that, but that, that's, that's social media for you, right? And once again, it gets the people going crazy. So keep doing it, brother. It's cool. Keep, keep, let's say, keep, uh, keep making the controversial. <laughs> yeah. And that. you know it's what? Cool. If you don't like it, don't freaking watch it. But hey, but people keep doing it. People love the Jackson Mahomes video. People love the Ben Roberts video. So keep it coming. I, I, I don't do these things like planned out. I mean, I kind of do. But when I put that Jackson Mahomes and Brittany got eliminated from the AFC Championship thing, I was like, yeah, that was planned. I was like, maybe 20 people will see this. You know, 85,000 people saw it and liked it. And I was like, all right, fine. People really hate this couple. Not the couple, but the some brother couple. people. They yeah. are they are a couple of people. Well, they might yeah. be people. We don't know. So anyway, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly on the halftime show. I thought it was outstanding. I still agree with with kind of the consensus that Prince was still the best. Uh, Coldplay has a soft spot in my, a soft spot in my heart because I was at that Super Bowl. Um, but this was just it, it was it was really cool because you know Prince was before our time. Coldplay was kind of during our time, like they were a '90s thing, but we were kind of a little too young. Then they kind of stayed relevant. They kind of still are. Um, but these guys, this group, this group of artists have been relevant for a very long time. Uh, and they really, they changed the game in a lot of ways. Eminem, without a doubt, changed the game of, of hip hop, uh, in so many ways, mostly for the better. Uh, and you know, the, I mean, they're all, they're all great artists and they are the music that we grew up on. It's what we used to listen to on the way to school. And then as we got older on the way to the bar and it, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it was cool to see. And it was. How many times have we gone to the bar where you just belted out regulators? Oh, all the time. I was oh, really man. hoping they'd bring Warren G out because Nate Dogg, you know, RIP. No, I, oh, I, I was so, I was, okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you acknowledged that. Listen, when I, I would have, I would have, I would have fell off, I would have fell off the fucking couch if that regulators be. Also, shout out to Michael McDonald for letting who plan that sample. Appreciate you because you created one of the biggest hits of all time. Appreciate you, brother. And also, you're a hell of an artist yourself. But that, oh my God, I would have fell off the couch if that had happened. Cause that, I, listen, that, that song. One of the there, greatest rap songs of all time. Yeah. Listen, man, man. And the fact that almost 30 years later, he's still eating off that song as he should, because it, it, it was just phenomenal. He, he chose to go to producing route and that's fine. But man, yeah. I, the only, the only thing that, in my opinion, that was missing, and my mom was like, well, maybe he just wasn't available. I just don't know how you do a West Coast thing. You didn't involve Ice Cube. Like, I just, I just, I don't. I don't know, and I, I I understand that you know you had a lot only of got a certain amount of time. I, yeah, I, I know, I know that that's that's that's, that's, that's the that's meaning. the musical person to me. I was just like, man, like, can you imagine like an L A L A an L A button win the Super Bowl? Yay, yay! Today was a good day. Like that that would have that would have been crazy. Would have shut it down. Obviously, I mean, uh, God rest his soul. If Nipsey Hussle was alive with this, oh. Grinding on my life. Yeah, there's, there's so much. I mean, I could do another 20 minutes on this alone, but it, it, it would have been crazy. There's so many ways they could have went. But either way, they they produced it phenomenally. It's going to be hard to top whatever they do. Like next year, I know it's going to be in Arizona, so I don't know what they're going to do um, out there. But yeah, they they have they, they have a, they have some big shoes to fill 
uh, for next year's show, unless you bring someone like Bruno Mars and like, you know, the group he's doing, like, I mean, he's, he's on fire. He's on Fortnite, not a sponsor. That too. <laughs> not, a, not a sponsor, but hey, listen, Epic, Fortnite, you guys, you guys looking for a sponsor, you know, we're always open. Uh, so last thing about, yeah, last thing about the, the always looking for sponsors, you know, we'll, we'll elaborate on that in a few minutes. Uh, so final thing before we, before we get to uh, the NBA, which we do want to touch on after the trade deadline and, and kind of this re, rejuvenated Celtics team. Um, you just mentioned that the Super Bowl next year is in Arizona. You know, the last two years in a row, we've had the home team, uh, the, the, the host basically play in their own stadium uh, for the Super Bowl. Is Arizona good enough to get there next year, or or is this what's going on this offseason a, a little a little too much, and is it going to prevent them? So if if D Hop is help, if they get a consistent running game, and you know their defense continues to improve, then yes, I mean I think they were roll on they were roll on their way uh, to to making a playoff run this year, but they they just ran into a juggernaut clearly because that that team ended up winning the Super Bowl. But yeah, they're they're definitely. The talent is definitely there. Like to say otherwise, I think to me would be kind of blasphemous and maybe even a bit premature. But uh, Kyler Murray definitely is the real deal. He, just, he he also needs to stay healthy, you know. But it's hard, you know, when you have that five nine, five ten frame. You know, he he's just touching two hundred pounds, maybe on 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 a good day, soaker wet. So yeah, he he kind of has to be in that Russell Wilson mold to really be taken seriously. I think, and you know, he he still has some. He still have he still has a leap to take in my opinion, but. It's just a matter of what's what's going to what's going to happen, but yeah, I just I just think the reason why I I I talked to you about that in our in our pre show was just like I wondered if um you know is is the narrative gonna be back to what we talked about earlier in the show like you know are is it being fixed for the home team to get that you know to get that you know get that home field and be there because it's like it's it's been successful you know Tampa and I I I as you shake your head like I agree with you but it's just like to me, I, I could once again, people message me like, oh, like, man, that shit's fixed. Like, of course, they want the whole team to win. But they didn't want someone sort of right, uh, which I kind of believe, low key believes, but LA, because LA, what if, we are LA riot for some other shit. So I can only. Well, what is LA rioted for, Ray? What what have they ever rioted for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, just, just saying. So I, I, I kind of, I kind of get that. I, I, I can see where. It would have went left had LA. They got blown out. Listen, stuff would have been on fire. Yeah, that, that's a whole nother. That's again another podcast, right? Um, but no. But I, I mean, like I said, I, I just I wanted to I pose that question because I just think that maybe it's a trend that maybe the NFL doesn't want to go through. But I can see if they're generating you know more revenue from it and more ratings from it or whatever. You know, we'll see. But like, like I like I, Trey, I'm, this is for you, brother. So if you listen to this, when you listen to this, when this comes out, bro, if it was about the ratings, I would say, listen, Brady and Mahomes or some, or some other, like Aaron Rodgers, like those guys would have been in it because those guys are the people where people want to see. They want to see Brady lose. They want to see Mahomes lose. But they, they wasn't there. They got beat. It is what it is. It happens. You can't get there every year. And you go, you know, you either you're going to be the hero or you play long enough, you play long enough to become the villain. Like, it, it's, it's just that simple. Um, that, That's just what it is. But you know, uh, as I went off on a tangent, I'll come back to what you said. Uh, yeah, in, in short order, yes, Arizona is good enough, but they, they just have to be healthy to get there. Before we get to the NBA and the Celtics, the rejuvenated Celtics, we do have a message from our shiny, brand new, just out of the box sponsor, Skillist. 
And to tell you more about that, our sponsor, Skillist, here's Craig. This episode of Missing the Point is being brought to you by Skillist. Getting golf lessons can be a pain, but it doesn't have to be anymore. Download Skillist, the app that connects you to the best professional golf coaches from around the world. No more driving to your local range to get an overpriced lesson from some random coach. Skillist lets you pick your coach, record your swing, and get detailed analysis, all from your cell phone. Want a lesson from Seth Curry's coach? Or how about Cameron Smith? You can get them all on Skillist. Plus, through this exclusive offer, get 20% off your first lesson with the promo code MTP at checkout. That's MTP at checkout for 20% off your first lesson. Download Skillist and cut strokes off your golf game before the spring. And that sounds amazing because if I ever hit the links again, I haven't, I haven't golfed in so long. Did you used to like be a golfer? You did it for fun. Did it for fun. Yeah, I did it for fun. You know, I like to. I've seen, I've seen pictures of you hitting golf balls out in the ocean. Yeah, I, I golfed twice in my life when I was nine and 10 years old. Like we, one of my, she was like a big sister to me. Her name was Melissa. She would, she would take me and my, my best friend Jojo to the Franklin Park golf course. Oh yeah. And we, we would, yeah, we would hit. I was awful. I'm hitting things into, you know, I'm yelling four way after the fact. She's like, no, you got to say it. Like, I just hit the air. I'm like, oh, like, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. So yeah, it, 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 it was fun then. Um, I wish I had took it seriously because, you know, the fact that I can go around and swing a golf club and go around the world and travel and just get money for placing. I should have said, so I'm sorry, Melissa. You, I, I should have listened to you when I was younger. Because, uh, but I wouldn't have been here with MTP. So it, it, all, it all worked out, baby. It all worked out. And either and, way, it, it, it comes back full circle because now like I said, you know, we're wrong with skillers, baby. So, and I'm going right. to get my golf swing ready, you heard? <laughs> and Craig, 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 you can cut this part out if you want. But, Ray, way to perpetuate that stereotype. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I can't even top that. Yeah, that, that, no, yeah, no, keep it in, keep it in. Now, that, yeah, that keep was that great. in. Oh, God. Oh. Anyway, Ray, I'm about, I'm about to get, speaking of rioting, I'm about to get in a lot of trouble. No, oh, but, uh, so, hey, the, the NBA uh, trade deadline just passed. Um, a lot of, a lot of movement, a lot of movement. We, we maybe thought there was going to be, I think there was a, uh, a couple of trades that were a little surprising to me, uh, two of which were McCollum and Halliburton getting traded. You know, I, I think the, the, I think the Celtics made a few big moves. So let, let's talk about that. But what was the most, what was the most surprising deal to you? No, you, you said it, man, that, that Indiana Sacramento trade, Sabonis is a, is a, Bonafide stud, and you can't see steps. You know, I had to throw that in there, Craig. You know, you know, you know where that's from. But I, I just, I couldn't believe when I saw that. When I saw that alert, I said, I said, is is Kevin Pritchett drunk? Like, what, what is what is going on? Like, why would you, Sabonis and Turner? You you picked Miles Turner over Sabonis, but whatever. Um, Sacramento also. What are you also drunk? Tyrese Halliburton wanted to be a part of the turnaround in Sacramento. No one's coming up there unless you're going to get a winery. Like that, there, there's nothing up there. In Sacramento, like, what are we doing? Once again, if you listen to the show out there, we thank you. Keep listening. But there's nothing out there besides Watery and the Arco. Well, and I'm, once again, I'm dating myself by saying this because it's no longer called the Arco Arena. I think it's called Golden One. But, you know, I'm like, there's nothing else out there besides that. So Halliburton has been a baller. He actually, I, I actually wanted them to draft. I wanted the Celtics to draft him at 14, but he ended up getting picked at 12 by Sacramento. We ended up getting Nisham at that 14. But, you know, so, yeah, Halliburton has been, has been awesome. But, yeah, uh, CJ going to the release, like, I, I I agree with you. I think that was also 
Shocker, like, I knew he was going to get dealt. I just didn't think it was going to be a New Orleans, especially if you don't, the uncertainty of Zion. Like, he hasn't been playing. He hasn't played. It, it just seems like he'd rather be on Bourbon Street than be in the Smoothie Center, which I totally understand. As someone who's been out there a couple of times, like, I, I totally understand Zion. The, the crawfish is, is delicious. Um, the craw- yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, so I, I just, to me, I'm, I'm, I was surprised by that for sure, but. Yeah, you know, we, we got to get into that Brooklyn-Philly trade, obviously, because that, that, was, that was a trade of the day. Well, go, go right ahead. Yeah, we're getting into that. Yeah, so, I mean, James, James Harden going to Philly. You know, like I said, as we're recording this, you know, his his new team is getting demolished by 40, um, you know, with our boss or something. So that's always, that's, always, that's always beautiful to see. You know, like I said earlier, dev taxes and us beating Philly is, is just something that we, that we do. So those are things you can count on. I, I do think that, this is one of the rare situations where both teams won. I know on paper, people are thinking that it was a, you know, basically it was a finesse. Like Darren Moore got finessed, obviously, when you get three starters. So when you get Simmons, Seth Curry, and R.J. Drummond, Drummond's kind of been passed around like a collection played at church the last two years. And it's just been kind of rough. But, you know, he can still get you a double-double when, when needed. He's good. He's good insurance, you know, behind. Uh, you know, that collection play always gets, though. Money. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he 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 gets it. He gets his bread. That's for damn sure. And, you know, he may get traded by February, but he's gonna get his money. So you know, def, definitely think that he's gonna do well there behind Claxton and uh and Lamarcus Aldridge. But I personally think Simmons is going to be phenomenal in Brooklyn. And I'm 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 in the minority there. That's fine. I'll stand. I'll die on the hill. Um, when you have to, when you have the third option, and I get it. I know that Kyrie's only available for some of the games. I get that. But when you don't have to be worried about scoring and you're just passing off the guys that want to shoot because we know Kyrie does not want to pass. The man wants to shoot because he can shoot the lights out. And we all know the talent that Kevin Durant is. So they they should be foaming at the mouths with this addition and looking to get out there. I just think that's awesome. And then, you know, when you get someone like that can space the floor, like Seth Curry, him and Patty Mills out there uh, should be a nightmare. Now they're going to get cooked defensively, those two, because they are not much bigger the you and I, Joe, height-wise, so that they're going to be, it's, it's going to be open, it's going to be hunting season out there <laughs> defensively. They're going to get, they're going to get killed in a lot of pick and roll, but it's going to be hard to keep up with them offensively on most sides when they're, when they're healthy. And then like, they got better defensively because Simmons, regardless of what you think he is offensively, the man is all that defensively and more. So um, I, I think it's a win-win, but I'm excited to see how it unfolds with both sides. I think it's a great trade for James Harden. I think Brooklyn is going to be more of the same because I think Ben Simmons is a baby Kyrie. And I think he's going to continue to do what he did in Philly and not, and that's not play and bitch and moan and, and not, not want to get on the court because he's not getting his way. I mean, you look at Kyrie, you look at, you look at, Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, they played in 16 games together in, in what, two seasons there together? Mm-hmm. Or a season and a half? I mean, that's, you know, you try and put that together, and, and I don't want to say I called it, but I called it. Uh, you know, that that's just, it, it's just the wrong big three. And Kyrie, and I've said this so many times, Kyrie Irving is not LeBron James. He's not. He's not LeBron James. He'll never be LeBron James. He'll never right. be able to put a team together like that because he's just, he, he's nuts. In 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 some good ways and a lot of bad ways, he's just he he doesn't understand how to put it together and he can't get past his own things to to get on the court and and want to succeed at at his job. 
And that's, that's fine. Hey, you know what, if you want to ride the, the coattails of having an incredible career leading up to the NBA and then having a great start to your career and, and being a huge part of a Cleveland championship, I mean, they probably don't win it without you. And you want to ride that into the sunset and just, you know, that's, that's your career and you just want to make money other ways. And that's why you wanted to be in New York. Fine. That's fine. But just tell us that. Just tell us if that's what you want and, and you don't actually want to play. But I, I, I see Ben Simmons, I mean, we, we saw it, you know, no one is happier that Ben Simmons is gone than Joel Embiid. Uh, and we saw that on Twitter the night that he was traded. And, and I was absolutely hilarious. And you know what? I love Joel Embiid because of that, because it's like, you know what? This guy was holding our team back and holding me back and see you later. Good. Bye. And, and I think that was that was fine. And you know what? I I think James Harden was the least of the issues in Brooklyn. He was the one that got on the court the most, uh, and he was the one that attempted to play the most. And you know when he was in Houston, still and kind of getting fat, and he kind of just walked, you know, waddled his way out of there, and then all of a sudden was ripped in a week and a half playing for for uh, Brooklyn. It's like, yeah, I I get it. You get complacent. People get complacent at their jobs and they, they want to change. And, and sometimes, uh, especially in, in the sports world, it's not as easy as, you know, Ray, you leaving your day job and going to find another one or me or Craig. It's not, not as easy for, for them to do it as it is for us. It's just the way the world of, of professional sports works uh, as, as a professional athlete. I think Philly ends up winning this trade. I think, I, in fact, I think this is a steal. Because they got rid of a lot of money and a lot of issues and brought in a guy that probably won't be there at the end of the year. You know, he's a rental. He's, he's going to come in. I don't, I don't know how long the contract. I think he resigns and I, I, I'll tell you why. And that's fine if they do. That's fine if they, before you go on. Like, that's fine. When, you, when you hear this number, you'll, you'll say, you'll say, yeah, I, I understand, Ray. He, at the end of the year, well, no, it, it's, it's not, it's not this year. I think it's the following year. So. He can he can opt in because I think he he was one of the guys that got the new deals the when they when the NBA money went up around twenty seventeen, yeah. so he he can opt in for forty five this year. I mean, sorry, not this year, like the for twenty two twenty three. Yep. Then then as a free agent, the that next year in twenty three, he can sign a five year deal for two seventy. He's gonna stay. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. But this is why I think Philly is gonna win this deal because. You have a Joel Embiid who who is he's he's a for all intents and purposes, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a top ten player in the NBA. Oh yeah, right right now, absolutely. Absolutely. He's outstanding. Right now so so Harden doesn't have to go there and be the guy, which we already know he doesn't necessarily want to be the guy, but he wants to be a guy. But he was being, even though he played the most, he was still being overshadowed by KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn. So he's gonna go to Philly. He's gonna have Joel Embiid basically run the show. And he's just going to be a part of it. And again, going to make his money and he's going to play basketball. And I, I, you know what, this one, I really hope I'm right about because of those three guys in Brooklyn. I mean, Katie is an otherworldly talent. Um, you know, James Harden and, and, and Kyrie Irving are two of the best players in the league. I, I think just consistency wise, James Harden is the best one because he, he plays, he, he's on the court. You can, you can see the, the you know, availability. One of the biggest things in sports is availability, and he's available, right. and he plays. So I think that's why why they won this trade. On, on to another big team, speaking of LeBron James, 
LeBron basically came out and said, this isn't the Lakers year. It's the first time in his career. Uh, I think we've ever heard him say this, you know, he's been in the league since 2003 and he, he has said, it's not our year. Basically LA didn't make any moves and Anthony Davis might be a problem. So why, first of all, let's start with LA not making any moves. Why did they, why did they Danny Ainge this trade deadline? <laughs> that, 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 that's that's a good way to, to, to dub it. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened, right? I just think they didn't have much to move. They hyped up Taylor Horn and Tucker like he was the second coming of Michael Cooper or James Worthy, you know, were just some Laker greats. And that's not the case. He's a, he's a decent piece, but he's not someone that was going to be a difference maker for another team right now. Not right now, maybe in a few years, but not not at this point in his career. So, you know, when you could only offer Taylor Horn and Tucker and a 2027 first round pick that no one cares about right now because it's so far down the road, it, it was going to be hard. And I, if I could go a little bit deeper, I don't think people want to be the team or organization that helped LeBron get his fifth ring. That, that that's that's what it is. When when you it's it's it, you know it, it's hard it's hard to be paid as that because it's like you know you think okay well it's LeBron you know he's, he's the GM he's making moves he's, he's he's this he's that you know people become resentful and they they won't say it but they 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 act they act like it right so he's you know I I don't think that he that he wanted um Russ to stay I know that that's what he eventually you know he he is he initially wanted was him for him to come to L A but. You know, that it clearly has not been the fit today in vision. And that's okay. Like we find that it, it, it just happens. But because Russ makes so much money, I just think it was going to be hard to move him. And to me, although I don't like John Wall, um, I think John Wall would have been a better fit right now. Well, John Wall has less to lose. Right. Yeah, that too. But I, I, I can't, and I can't believe that's even come out of my mouth. So my friend that listens to the show is going to be like, oh my God, like you gave John Wall credit. And I'm like, so I'm going to have to tell a pretty I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Craig straight up from the tape, but I did <laughs> player v player. You're taking Russell Westbrook over uh, over John Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but, but right now because of how how much he's you know he's digressed. Oh, he's not digressed. Money, money and digressed. fit, money and fit with the team. I think John Wall was the better. You know, look, this is kind of the, the quote unquote big three where LeBron has failed him, uh, Russ and AD. I mean, I, I this is one where it's it's failed, and and that's fine. It's not it's not going to hit every time. You know, you, you can't Agreed. have uh, who who is the the guy that I loved from Cleveland, the bold center there, Elgaskis? No, Elgaskis. Yeah, yeah, it's Adrenus Elgaskis. You know, mm. not everyone can be Adrenus Elgaskis. You know, you, they're just sometimes not a good fit. And I, I just wanted to drop his name, uh, but yeah, I I just I just don't think he, that, he was an all star. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. I just don't think it's a good fit. I, I agree with him. And and you know what? It may be crazy, but sometimes it's like it's like when I said I didn't think that I thought that look that OBJ was gonna blow up the Rams locker room. OBJ just got a, a ring because everything was perfect and all the things around him were perfect and yeah. they were winning and things were going his way and he was getting paid. And it's like, yep, of course he's gonna shut his mouth and go play because everything's going the way it should. So I think if things were a little bit different, and it may not have, but I was wrong in this vacuum. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, that it's kind of the same thing here is that a guy like John Wall would have been a, a better fit because he makes less money. He's got less to lose and he probably wants a ring. Yeah. I'm not saying Westbrook doesn't, but. So what Westbrook wants it too badly. And, 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 and that's how, that sounds weird. Yeah, his career but, started in OKC. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like he, like he, but it's like, but same thing we talk about with Harden. Like, 
how many how many great teammates can you get though? Like, and I'm not just for Russell Russ. You got you had PG, Hard, KD. Now you were Braun, AD. Like, how how many how many teammates can you get? You had you know you had James twice. You know what I'm saying? Pers- personally, and I, I I think I said this on the show. I I wanted Russ to get traded for Kyrie so badly. I was like, I said this this would be that's this is the way it has to end. It has to end with Kyrie like, would never play with LeBron again. Right, no, right, no, <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying, but I, I just, I mean, whatever they do after the trade five, whatever, that's on them. But I, I, I just wanted it was, it was going to be the perfect ending. Russ, Harden, KD get the ring together. They should have gotten ten years ago, and it was going to be, and then you can rhyme this. It, it had been perfect, in my opinion, but it, it just didn't work out. <laughs> it, it didn't work out that way. But uh, speaking of something that's working, you know, we could do a segue. The Boston Celtics made a couple of trades on, on on Thursday as well. All of a sudden, they're likable again after I had to listen to you, Bobby, and Dave mostly. You know, Mike would chime in from time to time. Craig and I would kind of throw in our little memes and jokes because it was funny that they were kind of failing miserably. And then, well, y'all, y'all was laughing at us. That's okay. Yeah, wait, we're all laughing at you guys. And now they make these trades, and it's like, they're fun again. And it's like, all right, can captain consistency like let, let's <laughs> let's give it a little bit of time you know what yeah. i said this to you in the in the pre in the pre-show what what brad stevens has done at this trade deadline is exactly what we asked danny to do at other trade deadlines and it wasn't to go out and build a championship team it was to go out and build a team of guys that that want to be there and and want to play the game i mean Bring it. Do you think? And and I'll I'll put this to to this question because I I think this is an interesting point of view. But do you think Brad bringing back Daniel Tice is a slap in the face to Danny Ainge? It it could be. Yeah, I I don't I don't think that lets me know that he never wanted Tice to leave. I, there's a lot of guys that he's bringing back. I mean Horford Horford he brought back Horford. Like we're we're overlooking these things that like. Mm-hmm. Danny's Danny got rid of guys and Brad's and we talked about this power struggle before this whole this whole thing switched up in in the front office and and uh, with Ime, uh, but you know we're we we look at this team and it's like this this is this is what we wanted this is what Brad wanted was there really that much of a sh- power struggle that Danny just what trader Danny was just going out and trading these guys away to spite Brad Stevens so now Brad has to bring back An- Al Horford and uh and daniel tice i i think i think brad values team camaraderie over anything else i think i th- I think what happened is you know danny danny age his era because he played with bird he played with mikhail with paris played with um he played with charles barkley as well right played with clyde Drexler and buck williams and terry Porter. like he played with so many great players that he's like look Fuck the, fuck the eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh guy. If I can get these stars to play how they're supposed to play, and get stars to come in on the team and just just play, and we just we just demolish everybody. But he he was a part of so many sixty one teams. I think he saw it that way. From like, you got to get the stars to win. Which that that there's truth to that, but you have to make sure that the team is balanced throughout. That it's not top heavy. Or that you don't have enough star power like it was here at times, you know, and in and, and Brad Stevens era, you know? And it failed miserably every time he went out and did it. It failed with Kyrie. It failed with Gordon Hayward. Now, granted, I think I think Brad had a lot to do with the Gordon Hayward move, obviously. College. 
you know, but it didn't work. I, I thought he was coming back too, honestly. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought he, he was might. coming back. He might. I mean, you know, maybe that was something. That, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe him going to Charlotte instead of Indiana when it happened and we were talking about it. Maybe that's, this is all part of a, a bigger plan. Who, who knows? I mean, it could be, he's just down there kind of stewing for a little while now. I mean, if he's healthy and he's playing, I, I think he's fine. Um, yeah. But, you know, like like I just kind of interluded there, it's the Bridgies. He's bringing, you know, and we all called them Bridgies and everybody called them the Bridgies and it's a bridge year. But that maybe that's just not Brad Stevens' style because it's not. I mean, look, at he, he coached at a mid-major in Butler and brought him to the Final Four two years mm-hmm. ago. Right. I mean, this guy is no slouch. And, 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 and I, I think at first we all thought, and granted, we're halfway through his first season as an executive with an NBA team. So right. I don't want to go jumping off the deep end here. But I, I think we've already misjudged Brad Stevens's front office prowess. I, I think he has some, and I he's now granted he's just putting his team back together that he had when he was coaching here. But I think he may clearly he he can coach this type of a team. Um, I think it's teams that he's used to coaching and has coached in the past. Um, and I, I think that's a, a great part of of these trades that were made and bringing these guys back uh, and and bringing in the pieces that they did. I. I and it's interesting because everybody seems happy with it. Like that, the consensus is that this this was good before they even got back out on the court and started playing as well as they have, and they are tonight. I think it's just it's been it's been a, an over resounding positive from the fan base, and that's that's a that's a good thing. Well, because he he has a bit afraid to make certain moves right now. I remember in June when that Kemba trade happened, and I think we were right on the air, like, like maybe like a day or two after. I was shocked that that Kemba trade went down because I felt that Kemba was loving the locker room. And he was, right? It's not like, you know. Yeah, the players made that known when he was. Right, trying. yeah, 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 exactly. No, but that's what I'm saying. But I also, I was shocked that that happened. You feel me? So I was like, oh, okay, like you you traded the pick. And what I, what I also love about him, too, he's not really concerned about the draft picks. It's like, oh, yo, take it. Which is what we've been clamoring. Danny was like holding on to that, holding on, holding on, holding on. It's like, bro, like, yeah, yeah, you're you're a hoarder of draft picks. It's like, yo, that's not going to there's nobody in the draft in in the mid to late first round that was gonna help us win the championship. Like, and that's what it leads me to the to, you know, this Derek White trade. Now, Derek White, Derek White is not the a superstar player, you know, but he is someone that can get you 15 a night, which is hard to do in the NBA. Laurel Cody was like 15 a night or, or above it. It's hard to do. The, the transition has really been seamless these last few games, like as, as they're currently up almost 50 against Philadelphia right now. Um, he's someone that fits what they need to do. Like he's a he's a quick decision maker. And, you know, like I, I told you before the show that I had some analogies and I, I have I have two, right? I think Brad looked at this team kind of like the 2014, 2015 uh Celtics, right? Now, this team was more talented um than the 2014-15 team, but they were playing better in Brad's second year, but they needed a jolt. They needed something that was going to get them maybe a quick boost. So what does Danny do? Trades a, trades a first-round pick to Phoenix. Brings in this little guy named Isaiah Thomas, right? Brings him in, you know, gets 21 in his first game off the bench against uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like, oh, wait a minute. This this guy can can play. Gets into the starting lineup. They go from out the playoffs to making the seventh seed. Now, they lose to Cleveland in the first round. But it's like, oh, wait, they made the playoffs. Okay, wow. IT comes back next year, becomes an all-star for the first time. Gets 22 a game. Um, six assists or whatever. It's like, oh, like okay, lose to Atlanta in the first one. Like, all right, the next year they made the conference finals. So 
that that's kind of what that Derek White trade reminded me of. Okay, giving them a quick jolt to see, like, okay, I'm not punting on the season. I'm going to see what we can do. So make do with what you have. Another thing, and this is this is kind of premature, but I think this is what they maybe have in mind, especially if they end up getting at least to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the finals. This could be an Orlando Cabrera type deal, right? Leonard Cabrera wasn't a guy that was out of this world. I mean, he had good seasons with Montreal, you know, with, with Vladimir Guerrero and, and, and the crew. But, you know, when he got to Boston, it was like, okay, I'll kind of see what he would do. And then play great defense, you know, had had a couple of uh, game-winning hits, I think, in, in, in that in that, in that 4 run. So it's just the little slight moves that make you good enough to, from good enough to, to great, right? He compliments Tatum and Brown really, really well. And we're seeing that already. Once again, their chemistry was starting to improve before the trade, but to get this guy here, you know, Ime was comfortable with him because he he, he coached him in Sacramento, uh, Sacramento, excuse me, San Antonio, excuse me, yeah, San Antonio. Um, you know, so, so same thing with uh, Will, Will Hardy. So you know, there there was there was some continuity there. There was some there was some chemistry there, and I think you know he he wants to play the the right way. So um, they needed a, they needed a secondary playmaker besides Marcus Smart. And now that they have that and they're finally healthy, which is the biggest thing, forget about the, like the talent's been there, but now that they're healthy, they're, they're running through teams pretty consistently. Like it hasn't been close. Like, like I said, they're, they're a 51 right now on Philly. 51. As, as, as we record the show on, on a Tuesday night, like they, they, they are running through it. They've been smacking people left and right. Um, and I'm like, wow, they're, they're really about to be on a nine game win streak. If you had told me that a month ago, I would have, we all would have laughed. Hysterically, you know, Craig, Craig, where we're probably recorded and been like, <laughs> these guys have a podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and, and they, they would have been right. We would have been drunk out of our minds to say Usually. that. But yeah, needless to say, the transition has been seamless for him. I'm proud that Brad is a, is as, as a GM is being more aggressive than he was at times as a coach. So it seems. And yeah, but now, you know, it, we'll see what he does in the offseason. season. You know, what do you look to bring? You know, you got another, you got another trade exception now because you've got rid of Josh Richardson and Romeo. So I don't think they can, they can, they can't aggregate, they can't combine those two. Which I think that'd be around 15 mil if they do, but I don't think they can combine uh, those two. If they can, that'd be great because you that can kind of, that kind of changes who you can bring in uh, to Boston. But yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's improved. He may improved as a coach as well. I, I want to say that uh, publicly because I said that he should go back to just rock it with Nia Long. And, you know, I was, I was, I was a bit emotional early on, but you know, he's, he's starting to find his bearing as well. Once again, he's not out, he's not out of the woodwork with me yet, but I, I am pleased with some of the rotations he's done lately. And yeah, it seems that his stamp is, is there, especially defensively, this team defends. You're not scoring against this team. They just have to figure out the offense. So once the offense is figured out, really the sky's the limit. We're about to go on a nine game win streak of our own and Craig's going to get pretty emotional. So. We appreciate you joining us on this episode of Missing the Point, our recap of the NBA trade deadline and Super Bowl 56. We appreciate you joining us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and, uh, you know, Skillist is is our, our new shiny sponsor. So if you like what you heard from Craig there in the middle of the show, uh, go give them a shout. Give them a follow on Twitter uh, as well. They're... Uh, they, they they've um, really uh, helped us as well on on social media and been a big part of our our last few weeks. Uh, they're they're a good follow uh, and they're they're fun to follow actually. They're, they're pretty funny on Twitter. Uh, so go give them a follow. Uh, use use the uh, the code at, at checkout with Skillist. Uh, we hope you enjoyed everything for Rayshon Buchanan and our EP Craig Delisandro. I am Joe Malkin. We'll talk to you next week. 
Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid. Electric acid.